Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. I want us to think about something. Imagine those empty chairs filled with people who at this very moment don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't know the true meaning of Christmas. The joy of his salvation means nothing to them. They have no peace. They have no hope. They have no assurance of eternal life. They are lost. Some may even look happy on the outside. They may look like they have it all together, but inside there is a huge void, and that void is Jesus Christ. They're always going to be longing for something else to fill that void. But don't we know there is nothing in this world that will ever, ever fill that void that only Jesus can fill. Only Jesus can give us that absolute assurance of eternal life. Salvation is found only through him. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The words of Jesus in John 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Acts 4.12 tells us, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Church, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved? Yes, he is. That is our faith. If we believe that with all of our heart, isn't he worth telling someone about? There are people all around us that don't know Jesus as their Savior. They have likely heard of him, but they don't know him as the only way to eternal life. They don't have that assurance when they take their last breath here on this earth of where they're going to be going. I saw this firsthand when I served in hospice about 15, 16 years ago. It was before I came on staff here at this church. And my hope in being involved with hospice was to tell people about Jesus Christ before they died if they didn't already know him. On the days that I served, I would be contacted by the hospice coordinator in the morning who would give me a list of patients that I would see that day. I was never given more information than the name and the room number. I had no idea of their age. I had no idea of their sickness. All I knew is that their time here left on this earth was short. As I drove to the hospital, I would always pray, just asking the Lord to fill me, to help me, to calm me, to use me, to guide every word that would come out of my mouth. Even though I would be excited about the visit, I was also quite apprehensive. At that time in my life, entering the room of someone who I had never met before who was dying was definitely not a place of comfort for me. I really, really had to push myself to be uncomfortable. I never knew what I'd be facing when I walked into a patient's room. Sometimes there would be whole families in the room. Sometimes the families would even be arguing because it can be really a stressful time. And sometimes the patients would be all alone. 
I prayed that whatever situation that I would walk into, Jesus would help me. I had some incredible experiences with people during their last hours of life. Some were so open and wanted to know more about Jesus. Some already knew him. Some didn't want to hear anything I had to say. And those were really the hard ones. I would leave and I would just pray for them. One experience that I had was unforgettable. It was as if it was yesterday. One Friday morning, I entered the room of a young woman who was lying in her hospital bed. As I walked towards her, I was quite stunned at what I saw. And I am sorry to, to put it this way, but I really want to give you a picture. I had never seen a more gruesome sight than this. I could hardly distinguish her facial features. Cancer had literally eaten away her face. And what was left of her face were features that were hard to recognize. Keeping my thoughts and my shock inside, I calmly approached the woman, introduced myself, and told her I was from hospice and I was there to visit her. Through her very disfigured mouth, she angrily, kind of like growling at me. She told me she didn't need a visit. She was so angry and she was actually quite mean towards me. She asked me why I would want to visit her. How could I stand to look at her? I asked her about her faith and she became more angry, growling at me again. She said, yeah, right. There's really a God? Look at me. Don't you see me? There's no God. I asked if it would be all right with her if I prayed for her. Mocking me, she sarcastically said, go ahead. It can't hurt, but it's not going to do any good. There's no God. I think she thought if she let me pray for her, she just could get rid of me. The whole time I was talking to her, there was this young man who was sitting on the corner, in the corner on a chair, and he wasn't saying a word. We exchanged hellos when I first walked in. He told me he was her friend, but then he remained silent. I asked if he would like to join us in prayer, and he said yes, and he came over to her bedside with me. I reached out to hold her hand, and she angrily threw her head back on her pillow. I closed my eyes and I just said, Lord, help me. And I said that to myself. Then I prayed out loud for her. In my prayer, I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thanked Jesus for what he did on the cross, that our sins could be forgiven and that we could have eternal life through him. At one point, she began to squeeze my hand. When I was finished praying, I opened my eyes and I looked at her. I will never, never forget this sight. She only had one eye left, and it was in bad shape. But out of that eye came tears streaming down her disfigured face. She so kindly, so lovingly said thank you not letting go of my hand. Her voice was different. 
Her anger was gone. She was calm. She was at peace. She had the hope and the peace and the joy of his salvation. I knew that Jesus had met her and it was tangible. It was an amazing transformation. She says to me, do you think my sisters will know Jesus? How I knew she got it. Her focus changed from herself to others. She wanted me to pray that someone would tell them about Jesus. She knew Jesus was real, but she knew that she wasn't gonna be here to tell them. This woman who was so angry and wanted nothing to do with me, hugged me as, with as much strength as she had left. And then we said our goodbyes. The young man that was in the room followed me out into the hall and asked if he could talk with me. We went out in the hall and he says, I want you to know something. I recently became a Christian and I've been praying how to tell my friend about Jesus, but I didn't know how to tell her. He said that I have been praying that someone would walk into this room and tell her about Jesus before she died. God, that's God. <laughs> he went on to say how thankful he was that the Lord allowed him to be there at that time that I came. He knew his friend accepted Jesus in her heart that day. He also told me that he had been stressing out so much about how to tell her. And after watching what happened, he would have the confidence to tell others too. And it wasn't as complicated as he thought. That day, I left the hospital in awe of what our God did. The following week, when I received my assignments for visitation for hospice, the woman was no longer on the list. She died a couple days after our visit. But I knew I would see her again one day. And when I do, her face will be radiant with the glory of Jesus Christ. I hope her mansion is near mine. Jesus said, my father's house, there's many mansions. Who am I that the Lord would use me in that way? I am an ordinary person, and I am so far from perfect. But God has always used ordinary people. His kingdom grows and grows through ordinary people telling others about Jesus Christ. We saw that in the trauma today. In what we call the Christmas story, God used ordinary shepherds who, who tended the flocks to tell others the good news of Jesus. After Mary gave birth to Jesus, this is what Luke 2, 8 through 18 tells us about the shepherds. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on peace and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and married and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These shepherds, they were excited. They were excited to find the the Savior, and they had to tell others about Jesus. They couldn't keep the good news to themselves. We can be like that too when we want to be. When we learn of something great, don't we want to tell others? How many of us wouldn't hesitate to tell others if Walgreens at the corner here was handing out a for sure cure for cancer and it was free? Every one of us would be on the phone or some kind of social media telling everybody we know about this great news. Wouldn't we? Because... We all know someone who is associated to someone who has cancer. And we know that cancer can be very serious. But when it comes to telling others about Jesus Christ, we hesitate, we hold back. Yet, he is the cure for the most deadliest, serious disease of all. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isaiah 53.5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The word healed in this passage is not talking about physical healing. Jesus absolutely has the power to heal us physically. But this passage is talking about spiritual healing, a healing of the soul through forgiveness of sin that reconciles us back to God and makes us whole. He gives us eternal life. Only Jesus can do that for us. 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25 He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I think of the woman that I visited in hospice. At first glance, one would think her most crucial problem was face cancer. But Jesus saw differently. He saw a woman who needed a savior for her soul. Her most serious disease was deep in her heart. That healing was more vital than physical healing because this life is temporary. Life with him is eternal. When Jesus looked at people who didn't know him, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 36 through 37, we read, 
When he, being Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What happens to sheep without a shepherd? They wander, they get lost, they become easy prey for predators. Sheep are followers. If one sheep falls off a cliff, the rest will follow to their very own death. They will follow a sheep into dangerous territory. Sheep without a shepherd are pitiful, they are helpless, and they're not gonna live long. People without Jesus aren't gonna live long. There is no eternal life outside of Jesus Christ. He is the shepherd of our souls. When Jesus saw the people who didn't know him, he had compassion on them. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Is Jesus still saying that today? Are the workers still few today? Does he see us as people willing to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's awkward, even if we fear offense? There is a harvest of people outside the doors of this church. They need to be told about the one who saves their soul. It is not about growing this church. It's about growing the kingdom of God. Amen. We are to be workers in his field. We are, need to see the loss through the eyes of Jesus. We need to have compassion on them. Yes, it could be uncomfortable telling someone about Jesus. And as we heard in that drama, awkward, we may even offend, we may be rejected, we may even be mocked. So was Jesus. He understands but we were worth it to him. The Gospel of John, chapter 21, Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love him today, feed his sheep. This Christmas season, what could be more important than telling someone why Jesus Christ was born? Because of Christmas, the angels told the shepherds. Because of Christmas, the shepherds told many. Because of Christmas, who will we tell? There is not a shortage of people to tell. There's not a shortage of people that don't know why Jesus was born. The woman that I visited in hospice wanted to tell her sisters, but she didn't have time left on this earth. <clears throat> While we still have breath in our lungs, we can be used to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. God uses ordinary people. It's his strength in us that gives us the ability to tell. How great it will be in heaven when we see the souls of people we told we may even be surprised who we see. It may be someone that we told and they rejected us. Imagine yourself walking down the streets of gold and someone says, hey, I know you. You told me about Jesus. Sorry that I rejected you. It wasn't you I was rejecting. 
It was Jesus. But I want you to know, you planted a seed in my life. A few years later, someone came along and watered that seed, and it eventually took root. I went on to be a Sunday school teacher. Many of my students raised families who served Jesus. One of my students became a missionary evangelist. Many people got saved under his ministry. One of my students became a pastor who teaches other pastors how to pastor a church. You had a part in all of those souls because you told me about Jesus. You planted that first seed. Thank you for caring about my soul. Our reward is going to be great in heaven when we see all the souls that we had taken part in. Let's not fear telling people about Jesus. One day, they will know we told them because we cared about their eternal soul. It's about eternity. Life with Jesus forever and ever. We need to tell people. Let's have the compassion of Jesus Christ for the lost. Today is Healing Sunday, and I'd like to ask the elders of the church to make their way to the altars. It's hard to tell others about his salvation, about the joy of his salvation. If we've lost our joy, Jesus is here today to restore that joy. It's hard to tell others about Jesus if you live in fear of being rejected. Jesus understands rejection. He's here to strengthen you. It's hard to tell others about his salvation if you've never received him as your savior. He wants to meet you today. It's hard to tell others if you are tired, if you are weary, or maybe you've lost your way. He loves you and he wants to shepherd you. If you're physically sick, in Jesus is the power to heal all disease because the spirit is alive. In Jesus is the power to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually today. Come to the altars and let the prayer of faith heal your soul. Why don't we all stand to our feet as we close our service this morning. It's just been a great presence of the Holy Spirit, and I trust that you've heard a bit of that this morning. And I trust it's gotten down into your heart about telling others. I want to see as many people as possible in eternity with me. I want to see faces that I know, familiar. I would love one of those experiences. Hey, I knew you. Yeah, you talked to me. I wasn't listening, but I'm here. You started something. Wouldn't that be great? We just don't know how we influence people sometimes. 
We don't have to leave behind a soul like that, that poor soul we saw here at the end of the, at the, end of the skit. That one person somebody didn't tell. Somebody didn't take the time. Who knows what the issue was? We don't want that to happen. Let's make it a point. Let's make it a point in our life that that one person won't be alone and lost. And we could be like that young man that Julie met, and I will never forget when she came home that afternoon and told me about the person she met. But what really stuck in my mind was that young fella who said, I didn't know how to tell my friend. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to say it. If you need some help, you want to invite someone to church, maybe that's a good way. You could bring them here and They'll hear the message. Maybe you need to go out for coffee. I don't know. Just say a kind word. Get a conversation started. We, we handed you out some cards here this morning when you walked in. These could be little conversation starters. You could use these to invite a friend to church. You don't even have to say a word. Just hand it over. I'm sure they'll ask you some questions and you could answer. Yeah, hey, we have a great, great service at our church. We worship God. Why don't you come and check it out? You just hand them this. And if you have one of them this morning, before we leave, I'd like to pray that you'd be able to use this. And on your way out, too, uh, someone was gracious enough to buy some Christmas cards. One for everybody here. Actually, more than that. Bought a thousand of them. And they, these cards just they're all about Jesus. All they have on them is the name of Jesus. And inside, it tells us, because of Jesus, Christmas. You can pick one or two up on the way out. You could pass out that card along with this. Just something little to get a conversation going. I'd love for you to do it. And like, like Julie said, it's not really about our church. It's about his church, his kingdom. We want to advance that. We want that to expand. And I'd love for you to be able to do that this week. Let's pray. Let's pray. If you have that card in your hand, just hold it and we'll pray and get out there. Even if it's snowing, God can use us this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we we just put our hand on this little card, Lord. Use it. Use it to your end, we pray. God, use us. Lord, if we walk up to somebody and we don't know what to say, give us the words to say. Give us the words to start a conversation that would be about you. God, I know you can do that. I know you can inspire us. Even if we are to walk into somebody and maybe they're tough to even look at because of a sickness or an illness. God, help us to put those kinds of feelings aside and see a soul. See a soul in need. See a soul that's hungry and thirsty. See a soul that needs to be filled and fed by Jesus. 
God, give us the eyes in our heart to see that, Lord. If, you, if we could use this little card, if we bump into someone to start a conversation, God, use that. Do that for us. I pray you would just put people in all of our paths this week that we could share some news with. God, the good news, the good news about Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We look forward to those opportunities. And I pray, Lord, I pray we would see the kingdom expand because of it. Into your hands, all these prayers, God, and bless bless all of us, Lord, as we go. Bless us, keep us, watch over all of us as we go in the slippery weather, Lord, that we'd be kept safe. Thank you, Lord, for uh, gathering us together today, and we look forward to more times in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you go, before you go, next week, we're also going to be having a baptism here. It's a part of our catechism class, but if you heard something today, if you've never heard about Jesus, but you wanted to turn your life over to him, let us know this week. We'd love to baptize you, and that opportunity is available for all. We We're uh, going to look forward to next week. Bring a friend if you can, and God bless you as you go. Take care.